The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F I V E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. It's that time of year again, and we all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket, and we all deserve to have a little fun. The only place you're guaranteed to get all three is at MyBookie. They're the only sportsbook that doesn't care whether you're naughty or nice this year. They got gifts for everyone. Best NFL, NBA, all your favorite college sports, and more. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer. A 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And at MyBookie, that means huge deposit bonuses, epic giveaways, and free contests. It's simple. Sign up. Enter promo code 3YARDS, that's the word, 3YARDS, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie to make the most of this holiday this year. And start into 2021 with cash in your pocket. This winter, bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. This is a must-win edition of Three Yards Per Carry. The first must-win game in since forever, I would say. I guess the last one was when? 2016 against the against the bills maybe but since it is a must win you know what you got to be doing saturday night uh, evidently mike gasecki did it early because he's it's he's pointing to probably playing which is all kinds of insane and we will touch on it a little bit later are they saying probably playing are they well, saying probably he, playing or he is participated he just, he just like would have been well, well he would have if it wasn't a walkthrough if it wasn't a walkthrough, which it was. Well, Mike Gusecki tweeted, uh, tweeted out tweeted out on Instagram, the show will go on. So whatever that means. Yeah, but that that just that that could just mean he's not having season ending surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like we'll see. I it, still still we'll see. I the fact that he would have participated even limited in practice, uh, had it been a full practice day, uh, is a little bit mind boggling to me. Um and, and a lot of my Twitter followers said the same thing when they saw the news because they just all it looked like an ugly injury. Mm. Um, I mean, the fact but I did at practice, right? Tells you something. But I, I will say that um, we podcasted. What do we podcast? Like Monday? Um, yeah. And we when we podcasted on Monday, you know, the kind of what I was hearing was like kind of not good um, about him. But then, like the very next day, it was like like I get a text and it's like good news on Gasicki. <laughs> you know, like I was like you. you doesn't seem like the worst so um so i guess trending in the right direction that's cool 
Yeah, and Matt Brady's back from from the COVID list, so that's good. Bobby McCain is also back. Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll start with the injuries here, but before that's we, key, I think. <laughs> before, yeah, absolutely. Well, we saw the alternative, right? And the alternative wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't well come on frazier wasn't that bad but um but yeah yeah sir seriously but yeah but before we get into the injuries then there were plenty but now they're they're few which is odd even eric flowers practiced on a limited basis this week so that's also good news but simon tell the people what they should be doing on saturday and what evidently mike gasecki did on wednesday uh watching the college football national uh, conference championships and rubbing their balls with um, with cream, <laughs> ball deodorant, <laughs> ball deodorant, and ball toner. Uh, tone your balls while watching college football. It's the future. Um, uh, did, you, did you see the line? Clemson ten and a half point favorites over Notre Dame. You'd probably want a lawnmower three point to shave some of those points off the deal. See what I did there? See what I did? See what I did there, Manscaped? Every week I'm bringing new shit to you. Every single week I get thrown this from Alf. Every single week I haven't even thought of a single thing. And yet, boom, week after week, I give you new shit. Did you see that we had a, a six foot four inch receiver from the University of Hawaii in today? Hmm. But he doesn't need to use ball toner. He actually played against us last weekend. Marcus Kemp played on special 22 tap, snaps on special teams. Oh. Snaps on offense for the Chiefs. Do they do they announce those? Do they announce announce those tryouts somewhere? It, it was on the. There's an NFL release list every day, um, so you just check the list. But yeah, oh, Kemp came in, has caught 27 balls in the past three years of the Chiefs. Played 10 games this year, four snaps on offense, 22 on special teams against the Dolphins. Um, so yeah, oh, he every, signed with us. No, no, he just came for a visit, but because okay, uh, I get Kirk, right. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk wasn't Merrick, a try. Yeah, Kurt Merritt's got COVID, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and I see Tyshawn Render's got mm. COVID as well, so he went onto the list too. Um, so yeah, it says, it says, it says this. This story I'm reading says he's signing with the Dolphins practice yeah. squad. There Marcus Campus. There you go. Hmm. It says two days after signing yeah. Isaiah Ford, so the Dolphins. He is, have... he is signed. This, this, by the way, would be our uh, Mac Collins replacement, yeah. right? Yeah, like as Mac, you know, because if Kasicki's not playing this weekend, and I still like, how could he play this weekend? But if he's not, Mac Hall, Mac Hollins is going to replace him, and you know, some some big dudes got to come in and eventually replace Mac Hollins, though. Yeah, so why not make it some six foot four monster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, they need the help, right? Like, like who's Who's really who? Who can they count on uh, that's not injured as of right now? I, Isaiah Ford, I've, I haven't even seen the the move up right into active because I haven't heard anything about that. Has Isaiah no. Ford been practicing with the team? Has he finished yeah. all his COVID tests yet? Yeah, he did. I I believe he's finishing. He's finished that up, and okay. and he he should be able. To... Hmm. Well, anyway, that's the code five RSN. 20% off, you know, it's almost Christmas. So, you know, get yeah, buy, buy somebody new testicles for Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. So, jingle balls. Jingle balls. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see but, what you did there. Yeah. By the way, the Dolphins are playing a must win game on, on, on Sunday. And, you know, it probably wouldn't have been a must win game if they would have gotten like any help the last 5,000 weeks. Cause it seems like every single week we talk about who has to lose. 
and they're all they could they could all perfectly lose. Okay, like it's it's the NFL, and some of these games are like within two three points one way or the other as far as being favored or not. But were you as discouraged as as I was watching that Ravens Browns game on Monday night? I'll go to you first, Simon. Yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, it was kind of inevitable. You knew what was going to happen when Trace McSorley went down. It was clear that, you know, that Lamar Jackson was going to come back from the toilet and uh, and throw a touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown, uh, who'd already dropped four passes in the game and he was going to catch the game-winning touchdown. And it was so annoying. Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, inevitable. Really, and it puts the Dolphins in a difficult position because now you pretty much have got to win out. I think, I think I worked out, and I don't have the document in front of me, but I think I worked out something like the Dolphins' remaining opponents are twenty-four and sixteen, whereas the the Ravens are something like six and thirty-three in terms of their you know one loss record for this season. Yeah, um, I mean they play the what the Giants, the Bengals, and the Jaguars, and we play the Patriots, the, the Bills, and the, um, isn't it? And um, the Raiders next week. So, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of feels like it's thin on the ground in terms of our chances of getting the playoffs. Uh, it doesn't feel like Cleveland going to lose out. Um, so, yeah, it feels like we have to win all three. I mean, if we lose, I think our, this weekend our winning percentage, our playoff chance percentage goes down to like 17 or something nonsensical like that. So, yeah, yeah it it's, uh, it's, it's gotten weird. They, they either have to win out or they need one or the other of like three different scenarios. And the Ravens one is the weirdest one of them all, because there's a way where they can be tied like a three-way tie and the Ravens still get in unless they lose one of the games to an AFC opponent Mm -hmm. and their AFC opponents are absolute garbage. Okay. And like the only team that, that the Ravens could conceivably lose to is the giants. They're in the NFC. So that doesn't count. So if you toss that out, then the dolphins have to either win out or they have to win the next two. And it has to specifically be the next two, okay? And then have either the Colts or the Browns lose two of the next three. So it's a weird – it's weird how it's come to this, but it's come to this because they've really gotten absolutely no help from anybody the last three weeks. And that's why I was saying last week, like, it would have been nice if the Raiders could have pulled one out against the Colts because then the Colts, all they have to do is lose, lose one out of the last three, the Heat, I mean, the, the Dolphins win the next two, and they're in. But they didn't even get that. What did you make of that game, Chris? Because, first of all, everybody's calling it game of the year. I agree. It was game of the year. Because it had every single emotion you could probably have. But as soon as McSorley completed that pass on third down, I knew that there was, there was trouble brewing. And then, of course, this guy comes running off the sideline like Superman comes into the game for one play on fourth down completes a touchdown pass. And then it's a wrap. And of course, Justin Tucker hits one from the moon to win it. So Chris, what were your emotions watching that game? I stopped watching it. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that was my emotion. Um, My emotion was I was, I was watching it and, uh, and, and then I found myself not watching it. That was, that was really, that was really what happened. Uh, Cause I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take the up and, you know, I could barely take the ups and downs of the dolphins games. I, how can I take the ups and downs of like, you know, I need, I need this thing to happen. Um, you know, for the dolphins playoffs. And, and, and nah, I just, I, I just stopped. And uh, there was a point that I was like, it's not worth it anymore. Um, 
to watch and because i hate the ravens <laughs> so bad i really dislike the ravens um yeah they oh i i don't like them and uh i don't like the browns much better but but more in like sort of a you're, you're so shitty and disappointing way yeah. um and the ravens are in this what we've been drinking <laughs> Like, like what? Like alcohol? <laughs> like Christmas? Christmas is next week, dude. <laughs> no, nah, man, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, um, but anyway, the Ravens are the Ravens are disappointing to me just because they're always so good and they always knock us out of the playoffs. So it's only fitting that they knock us out of the playoffs before we even get to the playoffs. So yeah, that's 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 how I viewed it. I, I just turned it off. Yeah, and I don't know. I watched the entire game, and and I sold myself when I saw Baker Mayfield running around like a maniac, and and I sold myself on on yeah yeah you know they pulled it off. And then I looked at the at the scoreboard, and it said you know one minute and change left, and I said to myself, well you know Lamar Jackson ain't back yet, so this game's a wrap. And of course he's back, and. Not only is he back, but then Justin Tucker lines up from 55 yards, and they kept talking about how windy it was earlier in the day, and of course he knocks it through like if it's mm-hmm. like if it's nothing, you know. And I'm like, you know, they're not gonna. It's too get bad it. though, because Trace McSorley is really shitty. <laughs> he is so Our bad. <laughs> He's so bad. He's so bad that he actually blew out his knee just going He's back. Just for so a bad. You know, but it was it was think, disappointing. Yeah. It was disappointing that they can't get any help from anywhere so let's just keep it simple went out okay and just do that because it looks like it's over but you, you think you think we could win out because the bills will be like we'll just roll over and die on us in week 17 yeah and they're t- they're even talking about it right now because they the the question was posed to mcdermott and he says if they have nothing to play for why would they put Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs out there? So that's good. Because they've, they've only got one week. to. There's no bye week now for, for the number two seed, is there? It's only the one seed that gets the yeah. week off, and that's exactly. going to be the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. the Bills are going to have to play week 18, as it were. Mm-hmm. So why would you risk it in a dead rubber against a team that's got everything to play for and is going to play hard? You just, I just don't think you would bother. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. The Dolphins will be playing pretty hard in that game. Absolutely. So... But let's move on to the the Patriots. And one question that I wanted to ask you guys, and it's getting some traction because it's been bandied about a bit. It's rumored that the Patriots would be all in on Matt Stafford next year. Does that is that the quickest fix you can think of for for this team, Simon? Uh, I actually think they'll be, try and be all in on Kyle Wilson because it just fits schematically so so much so well that for what Josh McDaniels does. Um, they certainly won't be all in on Cam Newton and Bill Belichick still likes Jarrett Stidham although I'm quite surprised that despite Cam's tremendously bad run that Stidham isn't getting the start this week um, Could you just make up a quarterback on us? (laughs) Who the fuck is Kyle Wilson? Uh, The quarterback from uh, BYU Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson Wilson. I keep calling him Kyle Wilson I don't know why Kyle it's like Wilson he just made up a guy and just yeah, like this, this is the guy they've got to have. Kyle Wilson's the guy that the Jets the Jets drafted in the first round. The, <laughs> the Jets will get him. Uh, sorry, yeah, Zach Wilson. It's um, it's uh, twenty past midnight here. Uh, Zach, I even wrote a fucking story about him in the magazine. I still can't get the prick's name right. Holy shit! Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so you really think that Bill Belichick is ready to, you know, to throw in with a rookie quarterback and all that comes with it, all the growing pains that come with it? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, why would he trade for Matthew Stafford? I mean, because he I thinks just, he could I probably think, get to. A what Super if he did Bowl? both? Uh, okay, and that's maybe. But also, I mean, the Bills, have, the 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 Patriots need an awful lot of draft picks. Uh, because their mm. roster is bereft of talent. I mean, they've got the worst wide receiver core, worst tight end core in the NFL, and that's not even a joke. Um, you know, the secondary's getting old. I know they've got players who sat out, uh, a lot of players who sat out this year, but that roster is not very good um, at all. And their receiving core is horrendous. So, you know, even if Matthew Stafford does come in, it's not like he's thrown to Calvin Johnson or Marvin Allen or Kenny Golladay. You know, he's thrown to a very, very, very average Nikhil Harry and uh, Demir Bird. And, you know, this is not your this is not your granddaddy's New England Patriots at the receiver position. There's no Randy Moss going to pop up and uh, and go crazy. There's no, uh, you know, I was about to say there's no Julian Edelman, but there actually is a Julian Edelman. He still plays with them. But you know what I mean? It's not, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I just, um, I, I, I'm not sure I buy the Matthew Stafford thing. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting, Chris. Julian Edelman's not walking out of that tunnel no, until exactly. he walks out. Until he tunnel. does, <laughs> <laughs> until he gets until legs, he he's not coming out. So, Chris, what, what kind of <laughs> what, what kind of Patriot team are we likely to face next year? A rebuilding team, or are they going to be back into it? As some are, no, they're going to be back into it. They're not going to be rebuilding because they they got a bunch of guys coming off of uh, COVID, you know, COVID uh, vacation this year. So, um, so they're gonna, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna be back into it just by virtue of those guys being back, I think. Um, and I do, I do tend to think that they will go after a veteran. I don't know who that veteran is. Um, you know, they're talking about Matt Stafford, but just because they're talking about Matt Stafford doesn't mean that that actually the, the case. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think they, they might, and, and, Let's also face it. One of the reasons they might be talking about that is because of who just coached um, Matt Stafford up in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, there's that connection there. And um, so, so we'll see, but um, I think that it could be, you know, could be anybody, but I, I do think tend to think it's going to be a veteran. They could take a quarterback. I mean, it, it doesn't, it could be Zach Wilson. I, it, I think, there are a lot of reasons that you would look at Zach Wilson, not Kyle Wilson's game and, um, and, and, and say, okay, that's, that kind of reminds me of someone or kind of remind, you know, a little bit reminiscent of, um, of the way Tom Brady plays the game, except he's athletic. Um, but, you know, it could also be Trey Lance, for example. I, mm. I think that that's, um, I think that's firmly a possibility. And it would seem like very Patriots like to, to take uh, Trey Lance in the second round or something like that. And, and then, you know, have them learning under uh, whoever veteran comes in, but there's also this, uh, this thing with Carson Wentz going on in Philly. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of wanted, we, we joked about it before. I'm like, you know, God, Carson Wentz really, you know, fell from grace fast. Um, and you were like, yeah, until he goes to the Patriots and then watch out. And I kind of, I kind of wondered about that actually, because um, mm. maybe, maybe it could actually happen. So, um, so I would keep an eye on that too. I think uh, it goes but yeah, it will be the Colts to reunite. Yeah, I mean that's a natural one. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, what if the Colts? You know, yeah, he would go to the Colts. Would the Colts have him? You know, that's 
I think Frank Reich would take him. I mean, you know, uh, Reich has clearly proven that he was the brains behind that Philadelphia offense that won the Super Bowl. And, you know, he's gone to Indianapolis and, and done a great job. And, you know, their relationship, you know, he was playing at an MVP level before he fucked his knee yeah. in that game against the. Yeah, yeah, but he won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. They did. They did. Uh, and, and so kind of just because. Just because Frank Reich had success uh, with Carson Wentz, you don't know what Frank actually thinks of the guy. Uh, like I remember, I remember when we were talking about Josh Rosen coming out of the draft, um, and uh, God, who was who was this coach um, at, at UCLA that we were talking about that uh, that had the connections? Oh yeah, with well, uh, well, Adam Gase. Anyway, the, the, yeah, his. Yeah, his uh, his he was also a Forty coach, coach. Yeah, his coach at um his coach at UCLA was like basically Adam Gase's best friend or one of his best friends, right? And uh, and so Taco we were talking Shark. about before the draft, <laughs> Taco. See what I did there? I made a New York Jets press Ta- conference joke. <laughs> Come on, hey then. Um, <laughs> No, I I don't get it at all. Do you but anyway, see the meme where um, he, yeah, where his eyes were all over the place when he was at the Jets and he was following the taco round? Oh, okay. Now shot. I know what you're talking about. Fucking hell! You have to explain everything. Uh, <laughs> geez, yeah, yeah, you you did have to explain that one. I'm sorry. It's all good. I'm <laughs> no, um, but you know his his best friend uh, Adam Gase's best friend was his coach, and so we're like, oh, keep an eye on that connection. Well, what if? You know what he's actually telling Adam Gates behind the scene is, I don't know if you want this guy. <laughs> um, and and that's that's sort of the thing with Frank Reich and uh, and Carson Wentz because you know just keep in mind for Frank fuck's Reich. sake it was Jim Mora. God damn. <laughs> what? No, not oh he was a coach at uh, UCLA. But I'm talking about his yeah. offensive coordinator. Oh okay. I'm talking about the offensive coordinator. The oh, coordinator, that was the, the Jed Fish, wasn't it? Something like Jed that? Fish. That's the dude. Okay, Jed. Fish. Jed Fish. And that one I, I yeah. said it off the top of my head. You say. But I, I didn't have yeah. Jim Moore. I, no, you, you had that. You should have had that like five minutes ago to help me out. <laughs> but anyway, you never know what Frank Reich actually thinks of Carson Wentz, and that's that's all I got to say. Yeah. So, But let's talk about these New England Patriots. I saw the injury report today, and the NFL has – first of all, the NFL has to do something about this, okay, because this is just ridiculous. And the Dolphins tried to one-up them. At least the Dolphins did put that, you know, some people were, you know, elevated from DNP to limited. But the Patriots decided, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to make 30 guys limited, including our entire secondary, three wide receivers, three running backs, a tight end, a guard, a defensive tackle, a linebacker, two safeties, a backup safety, and a punt returner or special uh, Matthew Slater is a, yeah, he's a gunner. So add a gunner in there too. Like, that's a joke. That's an absolute joke. Like the entire team is limited. So I guess what, what's coming over here is a mass unit. What did you make of, th- of this Patriot team this year, Simon? Have you seen them play? Cause I saw them play against the Rams. That was ugly. They just yeah, got I mean- beat up from the, f- the opening gun to the last. It was ugly. I've never seen a Patriot team look as bad. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to inconsistent quarterback play, doesn't it? I mean, the offense has been fairly efficient at times. And actually, the run games, you know, Damian Harris has had an excellent season. Um, but 
Camps just struggled so much as a pocket passer. His arm just looks completely shot. His body looks shot. Accuracy's been all over the place. He doesn't seem to have any understanding of uh, of pass rush. He doesn't seem to have any clock in his head. Like, I can't remember a time when I've seen a quarterback keep the ball so long mm. in the pocket and then get sacked. Um, obviously, minimal talent at receiver and tight end. But, you know, they've lost a few games in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter when, when Cam was unable to execute. But then you flip it on its head. They should have beaten the, the Bills in Buffalo. And only that late fumble down near the goal line when Cam fumbled when he got tackled from behind. They should have beaten mm. the Chiefs uh, when Cam actually wasn't even playing. They started Brian Hoyer. Um, you know, so the, there is clearly a good football team in there. And I think with better quarterback play, one or two of those losses would probably be wins. And the Pats might be in the thick of the of the playoff hunt. I suspect they're going to try and run it down our throat. I know Damian Harris was... Um, was on the injury report with an ankle problem, um, but I suspect he'll play. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That we, what we know about the Patriots is that one, they're never going to go away under Bill Belichick in terms of, you know, they're never going to show up and roll over. Um, and I think the critical point in this game is that Belichick hasn't lost to a rookie quarterback since Geno Smith in 2013. You know, he's 26 and five against rookie quarterbacks as a Patriots head coach. Uh, and you only have to see what he did to Justin Herbert the other day when, the, when they beat the Chargers 45 nothing to know that, you know, he's going to have a plan in place to try and deal with Tua, whether it's, you know, blitzing or a lot of disguises and fake blitzes and and those sorts of things. And, you know, pre and post snap motion from the defense, trying to bait him into some bad throws or maybe to hold the ball too long because he doesn't know where the, the pressure is coming from. So, you know, he's the master at confusing young quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Chris, this is, this is going to be a nice test um, on a couple of levels because I mean, you forget, or you mentioned that they should have won against the Bills and, you know, came back and, and won against the Jets. They beat the Ravens. They um, were close against the Texans. They beat the Cardinals. They uh, they walloped the Chargers. I mean, this this was a team that uh, has won four of the last six games. And, um, and, you know, like you said, Alf, they looked bad against the Rams, but you don't know who we're going to get. Uh, this is going to be a good test, actually, of Brian Flores. I think directly on him, because you know we're talking about Bill Belichick and what he does to rookie quarterbacks. Well, you know Brian Flores has been taking a personal interest in Tua Tagovailoa's development from the start. They've been having weekly film sessions together. Um, you know, the two of them and, uh, and his guy, George Godsey, you know, Brian Flores, this guy is paired with Tua Tungavailo on the sidelines, you know, not, not Robbie Brown uh, or anybody else um, who is the actual quarterbacks coach. Um, I think he's taken such a personal interest in Tua Tungavailo and yet Brian Flores has as much experience in that Bill Belichick defense and the way that they approach things the way that they approach including rookie quarterbacks attacking rookie quarterbacks i mean you look no further than what um what flores has done to certain quarterbacks that he's faced both this year and you know going back to the super bowl mm-hmm. um he should be able to prepare to have for this yeah. and and i know to some extent you know how much can you be prepared you know the, when the the real everything, everything, the lights go on and, and, you know, you get hit in the mouth and, and bullets are whizzing by you. I, I get it, but uh, Brian Flores should be able to prepare him for some of this and, and not for nothing, but Tua Tonga Vailoa was coached by Nick Saban 
And he brought it up himself. You know, Bill Belichick was there all the time. (laughs) He was at Alabama all the time. And, uh, and so he, you know, if any rookie quarterback is going to have an advantage against this, you know, this vaunted Bill Belichick versus rookies thing, it, it really is this situation. Um, and if, if not, I mean, if it falls flat, you know, just chalk it up, then that's, then it's a kind of an unstoppable thing. Never take a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick. Um, but I got a feeling that, uh, that, that there, this is somewhat neutralized. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I absolutely agree also that this is going to be a, a huge test for Tua Tungvalu. But I do I do take a little bit of issue with the with the rookie record, you know, his his record of destroying rookie quarterbacks. Well, he, Bill Belichick has had the best team in football for the last 20 years. And if he hasn't had the best yeah. team, he's had at least a top four or at worst the fifth best team in football in every single one of these last 20 years, if he's playing against a team with a rookie quarterback, stands the reason that that's a team that was rebuilding and is starting a rookie quarterback. He should kick their ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mark Sanchez beat him by the way, uh, as a rookie quarterback, that's the last one inside oh, yeah, of the division. Right. Okay. The last quarterback inside that. of this division to beat him as a rookie was Mark Sanchez. Okay. He later then uh, went on to beat Mark Sanchez, but what is consistent is that it's Mark Sanchez's team that year was, I believe, nine and seven. So they were a decent team. And I think Tua has a decent team to go up against Bill Belichick this week. I think he'll have a plan. I think Bill Belichick will have a plan. It will not be easy for Tua. It'll be a really good test. I don't I don't really foresee him lighting them up. Okay. I don't think that that's something that's in the cards. Just get out of there with a win and that's enough. As far as getting out of there with a win, what do you suspect is going to be something that they're going to be doing game plan wise, Simon? Because it seems like Miles Gaskin is not around, at least not for this week. Savan Ahmed looks like he might be back. Would you try to be a little bit more balanced, or will you, or will you try to get some early offense and just play with your defense against the the Patriots? Because you know, said, they're. You know, they're you got to think they're going to try to shorten the game, right? Like they're going to try to shorten the game and play and get behind their defense. You know, I just said that Geno Smith was the last rookie quarterback to beat uh, Belichick in 2013. Sanchez was a rookie in 2009. So Geno Smith is the last quarterback to, sorry to be, um, sorry to be an asshole, but facts. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Geno Smith beat him. Um, Asshole. They won in overtime, 30-27. Yeah. Fuck you, you pair of pricks. Um, (laughs) What was the question? Because I was essentially just trying to get one up on you, so I didn't even list it. I was just trying to fact check because I knew. You totally was... lost the question in my in my you know in my in my retort in my desire to make you look a prick. I uh, didn't listen to the question. Well, then you know, if you wanted to sound like a prick, I'll be a prick. If Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith are beating you as a, as a rookie quarterback, then that stat is absolutely worthless. I mean, it's not worthless, though, is it? I mean, patently not worthless. I mean, he has the best record of any head coach in the league at beating rookie quarterbacks. I mean, he's a defensive genius, so it can't be a worthless statistic. Yeah, so he could take like, the best team in the NFL and beat, like, the 22nd he's best He's not team always in the had NFL. the best team in the NFL, has he? For 20 years, he's had a top-five team. 20 no, years. Not, not for every season, he hasn't. Nine Super Bowls, Simon. Yeah, but still, Every yeah, other year. What about the 11? Yeah, but what about the other 11 years? How many years have they been to the divisional round? All of them? Well, I, Except I for one? Know, I mean, or two or three? Well... Well, even if it was two and three, then it wouldn't be the best every year, would it? 
that's the point. Yeah. I mean, he clearly is a great defensive coach and he makes life incredibly difficult for rookie. Like, look at the game a couple of weeks ago against the Chargers. Mm. That was 45 nothing, and he made Justin Herbert look like he was wearing clown shoes. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be a prick. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I know I'm coming across as a prick, but, you know, I'm not trying to be. But I'm just trying to add a bit of balance well, here. Is it is it worth noting at all that you know Chan no, Gailey not. has spent? <laughs> Sorry, go on. I'm joking. Prick. Yeah. Uh, Chan Gailey has spent how many years is this now? Uh, this has got to be. He's been in in the AFC East seven years, I think, uh, facing the New England Patriots. So that's got to be at, at least fourteen games. Um, and and then I don't know if they played the Patriots with the Chiefs or not, but uh, you know, the, is it worth mentioning that this is this offensive coordinator is hardly hardly new to facing the Patriots? Well, I would hope I would hope that he he's learned from the four thousand times he's faced them, right? Because he was also head coach in Buffalo, and yeah, so he's faced it from from the vantage point of every other team in the division too. So yeah, like I would hope so. But yeah, the, back to the original I mean, question. I would think. I would think. I would hope. Okay, I would hope that he has a plan to ease Tua Tungvaloa in on this defense. And of course, Tua does face our defense in practice, so maybe he's used to seeing some of the things that he's going to see on Sunday. But the question I had asked Simon is, what would you expect as far as a game plan? Are they going to? try to use that short passing game as, as a running game? Or are they going to try to seek balance? Because I would suspect that the Patriots absolutely will try to shorten the game and run it 40 times to try to eke out some type of 13 to 10 victory. So what do you expect on our end as far as an offensive game plan? Well, I suspect they'll force them to try and throw, put the ball in the air. I mean, you know, we haven't got any running backs worth a, worth a damn on the roster currently healthy. Um, Matt Breed is coming back from from uh, injury, uh, from COVID, but he's kind of been neither use nor ornament this season. So um, if I'm the Patriots, I'm just forcing the rookie quarterback to put it up in the air and, you know, with a plethora of injured receivers, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen with Parker, Gesicki and Grant. And ultimately we could be down to, again, you know, a couple of rookies, the special teams captain and um, some geezer we just got on the practice squad from, uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you know, do we really believe that Devontae's injuries are going to all of a sudden, you know, I mean, he couldn't play for three quarters last week, but yeah, he's going to go and be healthy against Devon Gilmore this week. Not sure I can see it. And that that's the strength of the Patriots team. The secondary is their strength, you know, with the mm-hmm. McCourties and, uh, and with Gilmore and with JC Jackson. And, you know, that that's what I'd do if I was the Patriots and, you know, stop any sort of semblance of the run game. And, uh, and try and force Tua to put the ball up in the air and try and confuse him with a lot of pre-snap motion and post-snap motion and, um, you know, see where they get to. I think it will be a, a very interesting battle. You know, you'd like to hope that Tua can, you know, he's seen it, he's seen it in practice, similar stylistically, and he can pick them apart. But, you know, these are still the New England Patriots. It's, you know, the fact they're six and seven is neither here or there. They'll still, you know, come out of the field. And, and, I think there'll be a for the players that played last year for the Patriots in that week 17 game where we beat them and, and gave home field to the Chiefs. You know, the Patriots would like nothing more than to upset the Dolphins' playoff hopes this year. You know, there's um, certainly an element of that, I'm sure, that plays into it as well. So it'll be a very interesting game. Yeah, Chris, what do you think is the way that they're going to approach this game? 
I'm still stuck on the Chan Gailey thing. Um, I, I just looked it up, and uh, and he scores about you know 21 points a game against the Patriots and as the offensive coordinator. So not much there, but about half the time they do score like 30 points or something like that. So I think you pull one out of his ass. Anyway, um, no, I actually think uh, I actually think that this one's going to be about passing, um, and and I think that it is, you know. More and more as we're getting, and you're seeing, you're seeing it as like Tua Tungavailo is starting to actually win these Rookie of the Week awards and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's because you know, this team is morphing offensively into last year's team, um, as far as not being able to get a damn thing out of the out of the running backs in the ground game, mm. um, and and so it, it really is just getting down to the quarterback pass pass passing and and what we're finding out the last couple of weeks is as we're starting to get deeper into that approach um that Tua Tonga Vailoa is capable of stepping up and and actually and playing well um so I think that uh I think that that's that's going to be the way that the Dolphins have to win this and it's going to have to be you know going flying straight into the teeth of this you know, this vaunted um, record that Belichick has against rookie quarterbacks. And it's going to be, you know, it, listen, we, we know what it's going to sure. be. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be hurry up. It's going to be uh, five wide or, you know, um, empty backfield and, um, and then uh, maybe throwing some RPOs and play action. But I, we kind of, we kind of know what that's going to be, but it's going to be about execution. And, um, and I think that, you know, I, th- I, I fully think he has it in him to do it. Mm. And so, so it'll be interesting if we, if we actually manage it, but, um, but yeah, I think this is all going to, this is not, we're not going to, I would bet against anyway, just this like sudden reemergence of the ground game because of um, Matt Breda coming back or something like that. I think it's, it's going to be just like last year down the stretch with Ryan Fitzpatrick just being, you know, he was leading us in rushing at one point, right. Or for this, for the season. Um, I think that's what it's going to be with Tua and, and we're going to see, just keep in mind, like, like we said in the last podcast though, um, we talked about this, you know, yes, the Broncos found some success blitzing Tua, but nobody else has, you know, virtually nobody else has. So, you know, is is that how Belichick's going to get them? I'm not sure. Uh, I think they're going to they're going to try to get them maybe m- with some more pullback uh, coverages. But uh, you know, I, I I think we'll see. I think we'll just see a wide open uh, you know pass 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 approach, and and we'll see if it works. Yeah, it, I don't think that they're going to be able to emulate what the Rams did because the Rams uh, Cam Akers had 171 yards rushing. Against yeah, we don't the have Patriots. that. Yeah, we do not have Cam Akers, although we could have. But we don't. <laughs> right. I loved him too. Yeah, uh, he was there. He was there. He was he there was for there. them. But he's a he's a damn good running back prospect too. Yeah, that's not a guy. They're not going to try to emulate something like that. I think it's going to be something more like what you saw last week: short, control passing game. As far as the Patriots, I get. I'm I'm a little bit more confident this time around because they kind of know they kind of know what to expect. They have the film now from the first game. They have the film from the entire season. And I really like the way that they played against the, the, the chiefs. You got to think about you're lining up against Patrick Mahomes. You're really worried about Patrick Mahomes and they rendered Clyde Edwards Hilaire essentially useless with mm-hmm. his 32 yards on 16 carries. So 
I think the run defense is probably hitting its stride right here. They've had some success as of late. So I think they'll be able to neutralize it. It's not going to be, I do not foresee a whitewashing of the Patriots. It's not going to be a blowout. So I think they're going to have to eke this one out. So let's just get to it. You know, one point, one point about the defense though, um, is I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think this defense right now uh, has, has their legs under them a hell of a lot more than when they faced in week one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, because I think that they've got the confidence. I, I don't think they were as aggressive early in the season because, you know, I don't, I don't think they knew if they could really execute all those aggressive, you know, zero blitz type defenses. Um, and, and I think that I don't think, I, I think they have their confidence about that now. And so, so because of that, they're a completely different defense. They're a completely different defense than what the Patriots saw initially in week one. So th- that's going to be an interest. I mean, we're talking about Everything's about Belichick versus Tua, but you know, this defense versus whatever whatever shit the, the Patriots offense tries to throw up on the wall <laughs> is gonna be is gonna be equally interesting. And that's that's where New England could really embarrass themselves. Um, and if you game. remember and if you remember after the, the first game of this season, Raekwon Davis and Shaq Lawson wanted to fight Cam Newton, and there's yeah. no love lost there, okay? <laughs> and Raekwon Davis tried to take his chain. Oh yeah, that's right. During the game, and then after the game, went up to them and did the ultimate disrespectful move. As Cam Newton tried to shake his hand, he tried to pull the chain off of him, and caused a, a melee right there on the sideline after the game. So you got to think that these guys are going to remember a lot of those things. Okay, yeah. so they're going to be they're going to be definitely up for it. And I think that the thing that gives me the most confidence is just looking at this injury report. People are coming out of the woodwork to try to play in this game. So, you know, the disposition of the team seems a little bit more desperate with a little bit more urgency. And I think that that really bodes well for Sunday. So let's get to it. Simon, what kind of game do you foresee and the final score? Uh, A close one. And it will be 21-17 to Miami. Mm -hmm. Chris? I'm kind of leaning toward like – a shit show for the Patriots on offense. Like, like I'm talking something 24 seven um, because, you know, the Patriots offense just, I think the defense is, is going to come out there with attitude and, and really look to, uh, to get some revenge. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that no fireworks from the, the dolphin offense, they'll make do with what they have Tua will have his, his moments, but it won't be, it won't be a 400-yard game. It won't be – I don't think it will be a three uh, a 300-yard game. Let's call it 240 and a couple of touchdowns. Dolphins put up 21 points, and the defense does the job. I say Dolphins 21, Patriots 10. And they move on to Las Vegas on a Saturday night, their first nationally televised game of the, of the season. So that will be interesting. Programming note for next week, we're only going to have one show. Due to the holidays, of course. So on Monday, we will recap and preview all in one. All right. So until then, enjoy the game on Sunday. See you on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.